Well, good evening, everyone. It's good to see your happy, smiley faces. Amen. Amen. You know, they say when you preach, you either make people glad or sad or mad. And so uh, I'm glad you came in glad. Hopefully you'll leave glad. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, hey, if you have your Bible, let's go ahead and jump right in. Um, Proverbs 29:18. We'll just hit that real quick. And that has been our text for since the beginning of this year, since the Holy Ghost meetings. And uh, even though uh, last week we started veering in a different direction, it's still on the tail of this scripture and the truth behind it. Where it says in Proverbs 29:18, where there is no vision, the people perish. And so for weeks, months, we've been talking about vision, what it is and what it is not. Of course, what is a vision? Uh, just plain, you know, the definition in the Bible is when, when God shows up, when an angel shows up, when heaven shows up. But there's another word that we use right along with vision. It's a visitation. And so where there is no visitation, it says this people perish. And we looked at that word perish. That means literally to cast off restraint. That people's lives are affected whether there's vision or not. And um, we, we saw that spiritually, of course, where there's no presence of God, no anointing, no spiritual gifts, no spiritual manifestations. Uh, people uh, cast off restraint. That's a little word uh, meaning the word perish. They cast off restraint. It's like letting go of the wheel, so to speak. And, uh, and it's, it's a healthy thing to have the anointing of God. It's a healthy thing to have the presence of God. That um, when we come to God's presence, there ought to be an awe. There ought to be awareness of the presence and power of God. And so that's why we, we need visitation in church. But also we saw this, that without a vision, people perish um, naturally or physically. That uh, very often folks that uh, for some reason or another could, cannot receive their healing by faith or even by laying on hands, that uh, through spiritual manifestations and spiritual gifts, they can receive when there's a visitation. And we, we've given you examples concerning this. And so we, we've been focusing on that, the importance of, uh, of visitation, what it looks like. And on the tail of that, uh, we began last week on looking at gifts of the Spirit. I've been wanting to get into that and to teach more on those things because uh, my spiritual father, Kenneth Hagin, said uh, spiritual gifts does not come just by praying for them. It comes by teaching on them. And so when you teach on them, people's faith arise. They get it in their heart. They desire those things. It's sort of like, you know, you may not be hungry, but man, you go buy a bakery and you start to smell that bread or those pastries or muffins, whatever they have, even though you weren't hungry, you start to smell and you get a hankering. Yeah. And man, you get an appetite. And so when we teach on these things, when we preach on these things, you know, we, we get a hankering, a, a hankering, a hungering for spiritual gifts. And so uh, 
Last week we did an introduction, uh, why these gifts are important, and especially when it comes to the end-time move of God, where Jesus said all the gifts of the Spirit will be in operation and manifestation. And so I'm looking forward to that. But also Jesus said this, that without the moving of the Spirit of God, that God's people will not be ready when Jesus returns. And so we, we want to get in on all the gifts of the Spirit. We want to get an end-time move of God. And also we want to be ready when Jesus comes again. And so uh, we looked at those things. And so we are uh, tonight going to start looking at gifts of the Spirit, and we're going to start with the revelation gifts and see how fur we get with those. And uh, as I made mention last week was an introduction. Well, this is the second introduction <laughs> to spiritual gifts. Now, why do you, you make so many introductions? Well, it's like building a house. You can just build a house, but it, it will only uh, be as strong as the foundation. And then you, know, you have a good foundation, you have a good house. And, and a lot of times in my teaching, I, I spend a lot of time you know, preparing the ground. That way we can lay the truths on something solid. So foundation is very, very important. And I, I want us to look at, because in these last days, God said that all the gifts of the Spirit would be in operation manifestation. But I want us to see our part in this, that we do have a part to play, whether they're manifested or not. And it's a very clear word. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, go ahead and turn there, that uh, we're going to see what is our part and whether these things are manifested or not. In 1 Corinthians 12, in verse 31, and if you could put that on the overhead screen for maybe those online and those that uh, maybe can't find it right away. And of course, we know this chapter 12, 13, 14 are talking about spiritual things, spiritual manifestations. And it says this in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, and I'm reading out of the King James Bible, but covet earnestly the best gifts. Now, what gifts is he talking about? Well, the gifts of the Spirit. That's what he's been talking about. Covenantly, the best gifts, and I sh I'll show you a more excellent way. And so right away, we see this, that the Word tells us to covet these gifts, covet spiritual gifts, and not only to covet them, but to covet them earnestly. And so that means not only you're hungry for them, you're hankering for them. I mean, you're just, you, you can't live without them. You, you desire them earnestly, you know, with, with much, much fervor and, and much uh, aggression. Just God, we, we have to have these things. And in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says something very familiar, uh, familiar, uh, fam similar to that. It says this in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, now follow after love, and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. So in these two verses, kind of sandwiched in in the teaching, he says to covet earnestly and to desire them. And so um, we, we have to see that this is our part when it comes to spiritual operations. We, we know this, they operate as the Spirit of God wills. We can't make them happen. We can't force them. We can't turn them on and off, but we do have a part to play. Our part is to desire them. Our, our part is to covet them. And, uh, 
you know, why does God want us to covet these things? Why does God want us to desire these things? Well, it tells us in verse 7, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Whenever the Spirit of God is allowed to be manifested, when spiritual gifts are allowed to operate, there is a profiting. Uh, what does it mean profit? Well, there's gain, there's, there's benefit, there's advantage. And uh, again, this goes back to our golden text, without a vision, people perish. And But when there is a vision, when there is a visitation, there is a gain to it. I, I used as a, a golden example that woman that had lung cancer, um, had cancer in both lungs and had, she was a young mom, uh, uh, children of maybe, I think the oldest was six years old, the youngest was about two. And, uh, you know, Brother Hagen taught in her church, Brother Hagen laid hands on her, and we saw the significance. You know, there's no better faith teacher than Brother Hagen. If you're going to receive it by faith, you get it under Brother Hagen. And of course, with that special anointing he had we've been talking about, he laid hands on her five times and still she was unable to receive. And But through a visitation, through an operation of the Spirit, he was able to discern that it was an evil spirit oppressing her. He cast that spirit out of her and she was healed. How many know that she profited? Her husband profited. Her, her, her kids profited. The church profited. And uh, that's why we need these things. And, and uh, that God wants to help and, and bless people through this operation and manifestation. And... Uh, but we have to covet them. We can't make them happen. We can't turn them on. But the thing we can bring to the table and to, to make an atmosphere for these things to take place is by our desire, by our, our heart crying out, Lord, we must have these things in the church. We want people's needs to be met. And you'll find this out about the Holy Ghost, that the Holy Ghost will not operate or manifest himself where he's not welcome wanted or desired and that's why it's a very dangerous saying to to say you know we don't want any operation of the holy ghost in our church we don't want to offend anybody well i'd be more concerned about offending the holy ghost and um, you know and folks often say well we don't want to offend the lost well, you have to understand the Holy Ghost is Lord of the harvest. And the Holy Ghost won't offend the harvest. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some people that get a little excited and uh, maybe yield to the Holy Ghost. And it's not per se the Holy Ghost, more of their flesh. That, of course, can offend people. But the true operation, the Spirit of God will not offend the harvest. It'll bring the harvest in. Again, we see the book of Acts of our as our pattern. You know, there's churches today says, no, we don't want you speaking in tongues in church. Well, they heard church, you know, the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God uh, was poured out and they spoke in tongues. 3,000 people got saved. And, you know, if you get 3,000 people saved in the service some other way, maybe we'll listen to you. But I like what the Bible has to say. 3,000 people got saved. Then, you know, a few chapters later, uh, you know, through gifts of healing, a lame man was, was healed in the church parking lot. 
And after that, it said that 5,000 people got saved. And so right away, the church at Jerusalem had a membership of 8,000 people because they allowed the operation and manifestation of the Spirit of God. Again, the book of Acts was not something that has been, but it is a pattern. And we, we've heard the prophecies. And of course, the Word of God, Haggai says that the latter house, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. Meaning what we saw in the book of Acts, the former church, it will be greater in the last days. Jesus told Brother Hagin that before the coming Lord, more and more signs, wonders, more and more gifts of the Spirit, that the latter church will have greater power manifestations than the early church. And so, you know, we, we want to contend for these things. We want to be educated. Uh, Paul said this concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. And uh, one form of ignorance is thinking that the Holy Ghost will offend people. The Holy Ghost will offend the harvest. Now, when it comes to our, our yielding to the utterance gifts, there's a part to play. But when it comes to the greater gifts and the outpouring of glory, uh, you know, we need these things. Brother Hagin would, would, would tell about in church services, and I'm looking forward to getting into these things, that uh, he, he would just be preaching, and all of a sudden, a light would flash in the service. I mean, just, just like Saul of Tarsus, remember when he was on the road of Damascus, a, a, sh a bright light greater than the new day, new day sun, and he fell down. And, you know, he got born again. But he said he, he would have that in his church more than once. That when that happened, and when the light uh, dissipated or disappeared, and it flashed, that every sinner in the house and every backslider was in the altar. They were in the altar, and they don't know how they got there. And, you know, back then they had pews, and they were sitting between people, and they, they don't know how they got through them either. Yeah. Well... <laughs> I don't think that offended the harvest. Yeah, and so, but we have to understand if we don't want these things, we can grieve the Spirit of God. We can quench the Spirit of God. And, uh, and we know this, that uh, you just take, you know, sweet churches, wonderful churches, good pastors, good people that don't believe that speaking in tongues is for today. We know this, that the people won't be speaking in tongues in the church. Um, that churches that don't believe in gifts of the Spirit, they never have the operation of the gifts of the Spirit in their church. And so he, he, he only goes where he's welcomed. And so when we desire spiritual gifts, he's more apt to, to manifest himself. And, uh, and this is true not only uh, you know, in what we call the nominational churches or fundamental churches that are born again and precious people, but are ignorant concerning, you know, spiritual gifts and spiritual manifestations. But this, this ignorance can be carried out in full gospel churches, that churches that do believe on paper, speaking in tongues, and maybe in private uh, speaking in tongues. But when it comes to spiritual gifts and operation, they really don't have a desire. They don't really uh, stress them as important that uh, in those churches, the Holy Ghost won't operate either, even though they believe on them in paper. And I learned this from my spiritual father, Kenneth e. Hagen. You know, he would have revivals, and I use a lot of his examples because they're better than mine. 
Then once I get some good examples, I'll inject mine. But his are, his, his are proven and true that he would have revivals and go to churches. Like we said before, he wouldn't accept an invitation to church less than three weeks. And of course, here is the number one faith teacher of the Word of God. Of course, the special anointing in his hands, but also as a prophet of God, he would have operations of the Holy Ghost on top of that. And of course, you know, he desired those things. He would fast and pray personally for those things, wait on the Lord to have those things in operation when he ministered. And every minister that, you know, has ever had a taste of those things, they, you know, it's just not, it's almost like a you aren't satisfied unless something supernatural happens. And so I understand that. And uh, he said this, he would go to cer certain churches and he would have seven out of the nine of the spiritual manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Ghost in operation. That they would just, they just float like popcorn. He said in some churches, he could just, you know, step in the pulpit immediately operate in the spirit and spiritual operations and manifestations would happen. Woo! We love that switch, and I love to push that button. Amen. And then he'd go to another church, and he wouldn't have anything. Absolutely nothing. And the, the pastor was a precious pastor. The people were precious people. They were very generous in their offerings, and, uh, you know, and, you know, he'd pray and seek God and still nothing. Then he'd go to another church. And they, they would, you know, operate pretty good. You know, maybe, maybe five out of the nine would be manifestation. You know, and he'd find that some churches, they'd operate really, really smoothly and they flow and all the time. And other churches, very little and some churches, none. And he thought, well, maybe there's something wrong with me because, you know, he goes to these churches and he thought, well, maybe there's something wrong. You begin to fast and pray and seek the Lord. And uh, after, uh, I think it was a three-day fast, the Lord talked to him. And he said, you know, when I wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 12, where I'm at 14, excuse me, 14, 1, it says, to desire spiritual gifts. Uh, you know, I didn't write it to John Smith of the church of Corinth. I wrote it to the whole church. I wrote it to the church body there. That if the church body, if the people in the church would covet them, and desire them by their, their desire, by their hunger and thirst, I would accommodate them. And, um, and so the Lord began to show Brother Hagin the reason why there were not manifestations, operation of the Holy Ghost, the church body didn't covet them. They didn't desire them. And so the Holy Ghost didn't accommodate their hunger and desire. And we know this, they that hunger and thirst shall be what? They shall be Filled. And so here was a full gospel church. They believe in speaking in tongues. They practiced it. But uh, when he went into service, even though he was a prophet, even though he prayed, and he said sometimes he'd pray twice as much and, and fast more trying to get them to operate, uh, he couldn't do anything. You know, that reminds us of Mark chapter 6. It said Jesus in his own hometown could do no mighty work. Here, here is Jesus. You know, Jesus was always on top of his game. You know, us preachers, if we're honest, sometimes 
we hit the mark, sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we're not, we're, sometimes we're 50%, sometimes we're 80% in, in, in our groove. Hopefully we don't get any less than 50%, you know, but sometimes that happens. But Jesus was always on top of his game. And here Jesus comes to his hometown and he couldn't do anything. There's no manifestations and operations of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And that's pretty amazing. Here God wanted to do something. Jesus wanted to do something, and yet he couldn't do anything. And of course, this is the teaching I've given out, and many people have borrowed it, and now are now using it, and I think I don't get credit anymore. There's three parts to every service. There's a God part, there's a preacher part, and there's a congregational part. And you notice, when it came to God and Jesus, they were outweighed by the congregation. You know, and so many people believe that God is sovereign. He does what he wants. Well, he couldn't do anything in, in Nazareth. Jesus couldn't do anything in Nazareth. And it's because they didn't honor him. They didn't uh, receive what he had to say. And the Spirit of God was grieved. And the Spirit of God would not manifest himself. And that's a great teaching tool. If in the ministry of Jesus, the Holy Ghost won't operate, you know, who are we, so to speak? And so, uh, if Jesus couldn't push a lever or push a button or flip a lever and make them to happen without the response of the congregation, how much more we can't do that? And so, uh, that's why we need to desire these things. We need to covet these things. And so, you know, um, when it comes to coveting and desiring, it's not just, well, we heard it, then maybe tomorrow morning we, we pray about it, say, Lord, we really want these things to happen. Then, you know, we get busy, and, and then soon we'll start mowing the yard and trimming the bushes. That, that's a, a prophecy that I, I'm endeavoring, I'm speaking in existence. <laughs> Summer is coming. And, you know, we, we, we get uh, distracted with the things of life. Then the next week, I teach on it more. The next Sunday, you know, next morning, you say, oh, yeah, Lord, I need those things. That's not really coveting. That's not really desiring. Here it said to covet earnestly. You know, I have an example that I believe would fit here. When, uh, when my kids were small, you know, it, usually about September, October, they start thinking about Christmas. I know we did. I mean, when that Sears and Robot catalog came out in September, you know, I mean, we were looking at it and, you know, <laughs> highlighting and, you know, we want this. And uh, I remember taking them to, I don't know if this, this uh, chain is still open, Toys R Us. I, I don't know if it's still open or not, but locally, I, I don't think there is one. But we'd go to some place like Toys R Us, and we'd go down an aisle, and they would look at the toys, and, and they would say, I want that for Christmas. We took no, because they said it. Yeah. But something very interesting happened when we went down the next aisle. They forgot about what they said in the previous aisle. No, I want this for Christmas. Then we go down the next aisle, and they forget about the first two things they asked for. I want that for Christmas. How many of we, we've been like that in our confessions and our faith, you know, kind of like that? But we, we took note. If they found something they really wanted, and every time we went to the store, every time the conversation came up, I want this, I really want this, how many know they got that? And so that's kind of the tenacity we need, you know, when it comes to these things. Lord, 
You know, in our, our everyday, Lord, we need to see these things in church. We want people to be helped. We want people to be set free. Lord, we covet and we desire. We want people to be profited. And again, if we don't desire those things, we won't have these things. And I find that very interesting. You know, I, I remember one time, and I believe Pastor Rita was there, we had a staff meeting. And we used to, you know, we used to, as a staff, pray over the cards. Now my wife and her team prays, and, and I made known of prayer needs and so forth, and we pray. But as a staff, we used to pray, and we used to fill out these cards. And uh, a certain uh, person who had received a miracle uh, for their life, and God, God did something great for them, well, they had a family member that uh, needed a miracle too. And of course, we believe in miracles. And so I remember I happened to get their card, and I got on my knees, and, you know, and I, I was working up a lather, you know, you know, praying and just really going after it, going after the horns of the altar and so forth, so to speak. And the word of the Lord, the audible voice of the Holy Ghost said, stop praying for him. He will get exactly what his church teaches. Wow. And now why'd you bring that up? Where he's not welcomed. Where he's not desired. He won't manifest. And this was even the case where someone needed a miracle. That because he, they went to a place that didn't teach these things. And I, I also had witnessed maybe they spoke against those things as well. You know, the Holy Ghost would not accommodate that. And so we, we want to accommodate the Holy Ghost. We want to be like in Acts 13 as they ministered to the Lord and fasted what the Holy Ghost said. We want to create an atmosphere of worship and honor and reverence. And so as we're looking at these things, you know, I, I, I don't know about you, but I like to see them operate more. But uh, we're in this all together to covet to desire so that's kind of a introduction to the, the subject but it's an important introduction you know God wants to do these things in the last days but we have to covet we have to desire we want to uh, to have these things and so with that let's go ahead and get, get started on revelational gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 Verse 8, let's go ahead and read the, the, whole, uh, the whole spectrum of these gifts. Verse 8, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all of these worketh that one and selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he wills. And you know, we, we've taught on these things in times past, but we have newer people with us all the time. You know, some I, I, I teach in our Bible training center, and from time to time I teach on these in our midweeks services as the Lord leads us. But um, here are what's called the nine gifts of the Spirit. Now, for the sake of study, these nine can be divided into three categories. There are gifts of revelation, there are gifts of power, and there's gifts of utterance. 
And of course, if there's three categories and there's nine gifts all together, that means there's three in each category. So the three revelation gifts or three gifts that reveal something, this is what we're going to primarily study uh, and we start our study. The word of knowledge, the word of wisdom and discerning the spirits. Now I'll go ahead and give you the, the other uh, two categories and the gifts that fall under the, those titles. And there are three power gifts or three gifts that do something and they're gifts of healings, working miracles and gift of faith. And there are three utterance gifts or three gifts that say something, they're tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. Now, Jesus said all of the gifts of the Spirit will be in operation manifestation. So we, we want to covet all of them. We want to desire all of them. And, and to have them operation. But the reason we're going primarily first in the revelation gifts, because we've been teaching about vision. Without a vision, people perish. And vision and the types of visions and revelations tend to come under uh, the revelation gifts. And so we're just kind of tagging along with where there's no vision, people perish. Now there's... As we're going to look at the revelation gifts in a second, there's something very important whenever I teach this. Uh, the Bible says we should not be ignorant, and there's been abuse with gifts of the Spirit, and uh, people can open themselves to wrong spirits because they don't understand this truth that we're about to read. In verse 11, 1 Corinthians 12, 11, but all of these, meaning all the gifts of the Spirit, work at that one same spirit. So all the gifts, these nine gifts, work by one Holy Ghost, dividing to every man severally as he will. Now that is so very important. You know, as I made mention with Kenneth Hagin, you know, he was very devout, he prayed, he fasted, and uh, no matter what he did, he just couldn't, operate in spiritual gifts there is the spirit of god wills and as the congregation coveted desired them the holy ghost would accommodate them but again it, it's it's not up to a person to perform them they are given as the holy ghost wills not as we will now i've i've learned this throughout the years i've tried to give the holy ghost to get me to get get something I mean, I do some extra fasting and praying, and, and I thought, man, if, if anybody was in a position to receive a gift of the Spirit, it would be me right now, and that was a good indicator for me not to have one. Why? Because I'm trying to flick the switch. I'm trying to pull the lever, you know, and uh, you, know, you, you can't manipulate God as He wills. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I could tell you stories. You know, of course, you want to be devout. You want to be fasted. You want to be prayed up. You want to be meditating the word. You want to be consecrated. And uh, you, you do all that and you get nothing. But I, I remember, I kid you not, that uh, I remember I was with one pastor. And, uh, and we, we were just out in the fellowship. It was out in California. And uh, if you want gifts of the Spirit to operate, you have to go to California and you have to go to In-N-Out Burger. Right? That's right. In-N-Out Burger. Now, if you're out there and you do not like In-N-Out Burger, we know what spirit you are of. <laughs> you know, if you never had, they have scriptures on the bottom of it. It's a great place. And so we, we were just natural fellowship, nothing spiritual. And this pastor bought me In-N-Out Burger. And... Uh, 
then he, he just mentioned something was happening in his church or in his ministry or something like that. And uh, I said, oh, that's, that's great. I'll take note of it. And, uh, you know, and we just continued to talk, then went to my hotel room. And all of a sudden, an operation of spirit. I was caught in the spirit. I was able to deal with the spirit that was harassing someone in his church or in this situation yeah. and uh, turn things around. You know, and so there's been times when I prayed and fast and nothing, but the other time that there it is. And so I've just learned to always be ready, to always pray and fast and, and, you know, be consecrated to the Lord. There is His will, but never think that I earned them or deserve them. And so there as He wills. And He's done that comically to me over the years. You know, sometimes when I least feel like I should be operating, that's when I operate in the cell. But, but anyway, that's all free, no charge. But uh, you have to understand, I said all that, they, they operate as he wills, not as I will. And anybody, anybody who says that I can operate as I will in any of these gifts are under wrong spirits because it is very very clear it's as the spirit of God wills not as we will and I've heard people say well you know pastor he pastors anytime he wants and so he 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 can use his pastoral gift anytime he wants so so folks have reason well then I can operate in any of these gifts anytime I want well that's a good indicator they're under false spirits you know because evil spirits will try to mimic the, the Holy Ghost, that's what, you know, you get Lilydale up there, you know, what, what goes on Lilydale? Those are counterfeit gifts of the Spirit that are going on. And uh, I, I've had some wonderful, wonderful um, training sessions with false prophets. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to get them here in Fredonia, like I used to say, and then when we started the church in Jamestown, they went over there. And now they're all the all the goofy and weird people are in Jamestown. I don't know if Pastor Tim's kicked them out or not, but uh, I don't know where they go now. But that's I left them in Jamestown. That's the last I knew about them. And you know we we get the, we get these false prophets in. And you know of course the first thing that comes out of their mouth. You meet them. You say, "Hey, welcome to Famsters." And they, they first thing they want to say on them, "I'm a seasoned prophet." You know, like roll out the red carpet. I'm prophet. Do do know this? If you have to advertise your prophet. You're not. The proof of pudding's in the eating. And, you know, if they start putting on Facebook, I'm a prophet, and business cards, I'm a prophet, and so forth, that's a good indicator. You are a prophet, but not the kind that God calls. A false prophet. And so, um, you know, in talking to them, it's amazing. He says, yeah, I, I can go into congregation, and I can start reading the mail just like this. Anytime, just like this. Well, you know that, yes. They're reading people's mail, but it's not by the Holy Ghost. They cannot discern the difference. You know, sometimes I, sometimes I like to teach on false prophets. Why do you want to teach on that? Well, in 1 John chapter 4, it said this, that many false prophets have gone into the world. And there's a lot of people that can't discern the difference. And there's a lot of movements that are, are supporting uh, false spirits, and they think it is the Spirit of God. But Nevertheless, that is not my subject. I'm trying to get into the revelation gifts. And so, um, they operate as He wills, the Holy Ghost wills, not as we will. So, we're going to start tonight.
tonight, yes, we are going to put our stake in the ground. We are actually going to start on the revelation gifts. And uh, they are the word knowledge, word wisdom, and discerning of spirits. Vision comes under these categories. And we're to start with the word of knowledge. Uh, why do we start with the word of knowledge? Well, that's the way my spiritual father, Kenneth Hagin, taught them. And so I just follow what my dad did. So the word of knowledge in verse 8. 1 Corinthians 12, 8, and we're finally there. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. So one of the gifts of the Spirit, the first one we're looking at, is the word of knowledge. So what is a word of knowledge? It is when the Holy Ghost supernaturally gives you a fact of something past or present Something we did not naturally know. And so you have to understand that all of the gifts of the Spirit, as found in the Bible, they're supernatural. There's nothing natural about them. And too many times what we do is we try to bring the Bible down to our level of experience instead of bringing our experience to the level of the Bible and, you know, many people try with their head and their intellect, said, well, the word of knowledge. Well, uh, you know, people that go to school, they have knowledge. Professors, they have knowledge. And so they must have this gift. Well, first of all, uh, these things only belong to spirit-filled believers. And uh, there's a whole lot of people on campuses that are teaching classes that aren't even born again. And when you hear what they're teaching, you definitely know they're not born again, you know. And so uh, these things belong to the church. So it's not a natural knowledge. It's not natural learning. It's a spiritual thing. And it's when the Holy Ghost, and I love this, it's when the Holy Ghost reveals to you, tells you something you didn't natural, naturally know. And with the word of knowledge, we're going to see it has to do with something in the past, or present. And when we get the word of knowledge, it's when the Holy Ghost reveals the future. Between the word of knowledge and word of wisdom, God can reveal all that he knows through these two gifts. Now, what is very interesting here, it is a supernatural operation that God reveals something to you that you didn't know. But it, it, it's very interesting. It's called the word of knowledge not the gift of knowledge. It helps us understand the scope of this gift. Um, a word is a fragment of a sentence. And just as God who knows everything doesn't reveal everything he knows, he gives us a fragment of what he knows. And when God gives us a fragment of what he knows, that is a word of knowledge. For, for an example of this, um, you know, from time to time, I used to have to do a lot of business with attorneys. Now, Pastor Scott gets to deal with them. But, um, you know, if I had to, to find something out from an attorney, you know, and I made an appointment to an attorney, uh, the attorney knows a whole lot about New York State law. But when I sit in that meeting, he doesn't tell me everything he knows. Thank God he doesn't. You know, all the books in the library there that he has to be up on. No, he gives me just the part that I need to help me. You know, what he knows, he gives me a part, and that, that, that profits me. And the same thing, the God who knows everything 
doesn't reveal everything he knows, but he gives a part of what he knows that you don't know to help you or to help someone else. And that is a word of knowledge. And uh, it's an amazing gift. It's a revelation gift. And we need to have more of this gift. And so uh, let's go ahead and let's look at a scriptural example of this gift in operation. Turn with me in the Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 10. 1 Samuel chapter 10. Now, the gifts of the Spirit, all the gifts of the Spirit, except tongues and interpretation, uh, were both in the New and Old Testament. The Old Testament had seven of the nine gifts. So they had, in the Old Testament, they had all the gifts of the Spirit except for tongues interpretation. And so in the New Testament, we have all nine of them. And so we can learn from examples and, and accounts of how these gifts operate. Now, in 1 Samuel chapter 10, and start with verse 17, and Samuel, Samuel was a prophet, he called all the people together, the people of Israel, unto the Lord in Mizpah. And he said to the children of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you out of Israel, I brought up Israel out of Egypt, and delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all the kingdoms, of all them that oppressed you. And you have this day rejected your God, who himself saved you out of all your adversaries in tribulation. And you have said unto him, Nay, but set a king over us. Now present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and by your thousands. And Samuel caused all the tribes of Israel to come near, and the tribe of Benjamin was taken. And he caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, and the family of Matri was taken. And Saul, the son of Kish, was taken, and when they sought him, they could not find him. So, what's going on? God w- was Israel's king, and they said, Hey, God, we want a man to be our king. We don't want you to be king anymore. And so, here God is calling all Israel together, and He's speaking through the mouth of the prophet, and He's testifying through the mouth of the prophet, hey, I was your king, I saved you, but now you've rejected me, you want a man to reign over me, but He accommodates them, and He finds the best man in all of Israel to be king, and through lots, and now Saul, the, the son of, of Kish here, uh, Kish was taken. They called him forward. This is your king, and he could not be found. Verse 22, Therefore they inquired of the Lord further, if a man should yet come thither. And the Lord answered, and behold, he hath hid himself among the stuff. I just love that wording. <laughs> we, we probably all have places in our house that we could say, that is amongst the stuff. All right. And they ran and fetched him thence. And when he stood among the people, he was higher than any of the people from his shoulders and upward. And Samuel said to all the people, See ye whom the Lord has chosen, and that there is none like him among all the people. And the people shouted and said, God save the king. So here we have a beautiful example of a word of knowledge. Here it's... it's Coronation Day. The king is going to be crowned. And you know, the, we, they, they got the feast. They got the servant. They got everything. It's a big day in Israel. And they say, Saul, come on down. And Saul cannot be found. And man, all the baker says, all that food's going to go to waste. 
what we're going to do. And then, you know, all the preparations have been made and they couldn't find him. And so Samuel prayed and said, Lord, we can't find him. Where is he? And I love he's hid amongst the stuff. And so this is a beautiful example of a word of knowledge. They naturally did not know where Saul was. But through a word of knowledge, because God knows, God knows all things, God gave that knowledge to Samuel. And so, and hence, the food was safe. Israel now had a king and so forth. And there's, there's a lot of things we, we can learn uh, from this account, but we simply want you to see how this worked. That the, something they didn't know was revealed to them and they profited. And so this tells us the word of knowledge can be used to help us locate missing people or items. Um, you know, throughout the years, you know, I've had the, probably the revelation gifts have been most in operation in my life and in my ministry. But uh, I, I would say the greatest is the word of knowledge. And we'll get to that sometime in the next couple of weeks. And, you know, I, but from time to time, I have the word, word of knowledge operate. And what is the word of knowledge again? It's just God simply reveals something you did not know. I remember uh, back in, uh, I think it was January 1988, uh, I was, you know, working on the farm. And I was working at BCF, Bible Christian Fellowship at that time. And we had a, a house fire, a chimney fire. I remember going to work, you know, uh, that morning and getting a call from mom. My mom, this is our house is on fire. I said, oh, okay, really? And then I remember I went to the pastor, you think I can get some time off? My house is on fire. And he was surprised how calm I was, <laughs> you know. And uh, then, you know, I went there and, of course, you know, uh, they got the, the fire, the chimney fire contained, but all the water damage did, you know, just made a mess of the house. And so for, for months, while the house was being remodeled, uh, you know, we, we had to, you know, stay with friends and, and find places to sustain. So I stayed with uh, a, a friend of mine. And uh, at this time, uh, this, where I stayed, that they had uh, uh, two uh, small kids in the house. Uh, one was, I think, a not quite a teenage girl, but they, they had, I believe it was a six-year-old blonde-headed boy. And he's probably the reason why I never want boys. He was all boy. And, uh, and I was staying in, in the downstairs bedroom in the basement. And uh, right outside was the playroom and so forth. And, uh, you know, I, I was busy working on the farm and busy uh, going, going to in church and work. And all of a sudden, my, my wallet went missing. Now, back then, it's way different than it is now, you know. Back then, you had to call and cancel your credit cards. You know, things weren't as easy as they are today and, you know, replacing your license and so forth. So, a couple of weeks went by, and I, I couldn't find my wallet. And, of course, you know, I'm starting to think, you know, I've looked everywhere for, for my wallet, and I, I just can't believe it's, it's lost. I usually put it in the same place. And uh, I'm thinking, man, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to start getting a new license and, and call the credit card companies and, and getting a brand new wallet. And uh, 
it just happened, I was on my way to, I think, work, or the church, I think it was, and I remember just walking out of the house, and I remember just sitting down in my car, and all of a sudden, I had a word of knowledge. I had searched, I have looked everywhere, just like back then, um, you know, that we just read the account. They tried to find Saul, could not find, I could not find my wallet anywhere. But when I sat down in my car, so you have sometimes to get these things, you have to sit down in your car to have them happen. And um, I sat down and all of a sudden, I knew that I knew, I knew exactly where it was. I knew by divine revelation that that little boy had taken my wallet. Not only did I know he'd taken my wallet, but uh, he put it in his desk. Now, uh, this will date some of us. Some young people may not understand this. But old-time desks, they, they, there was a seat attached to a fold-up table there, and you can lift the lid, and that's where you put all your school books. I'm going to remember that. Yeah, so young people, you, you miss out, you know, those you used to have to sit there, and so they, they got one of them, and of course, it's, it's filled with papers, with drawings, and, and but I knew by divine revelation, it was at the exact bottom of this, so I got out of my car, I walked in, and this was in the playroom, I left up the desk, I mean, it's just filled with, with papers and books and other things that shouldn't even be in there. And I just, like, got in a rabbit. I went, one in there, and there my, (laughs) I had to wake some of you up. And there it was, and there was my wallet. Well, that profited me. That profited me. You know, and uh, the Holy Ghost wants to help us. And so, you know, uh, you know, of course, life would have went on. I, I could have gotten a new license, a uh, new, new credit card, so forth. But that, that helped me immensely. And the, the Holy Ghost wants to help us. You know, uh, it says this in John 16, 13. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you in all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear that he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. Um, you know, in John 16, 13 is one of my favorite scriptures, you know, about the Holy Ghost, that the Holy Ghost will show you things. Yes. Not only show you things, he'll show you things to come, and we see that has to do with the word of wisdom. But that's part of the, the, the ministry of the Holy Ghost is to show you things. And guess what? The Holy Ghost is smarter than you. The Holy Ghost knows all things. And the Holy Ghost can show you things that are missing or things that aren't right in order to help you. And, uh, you know, it's not, you know, getting a wallet wasn't necessarily a spiritual thing, but it was a natural thing, but it was, it was important to me. Yeah. And the Holy Ghost revealed it and it profited me. I, I Even some things you just think the Holy Ghost w- wouldn't, get involved with he get involved in with if you're you're hungry and you're open to these things i remember one time that um uh i've always wanted a bronco too i don't know why years and again that dates me i think they came out with the bronco uh they redid it but years ago the old bronco too 
And, uh, you know, I got one and I enjoyed it and, and so forth. But I, I remember that I just noticed my, 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 I think my left turning signal was not working. And of course, I don't want to have a ticket. You know, if you don't get back then, they, I don't know, they still ticket you. At the, you know, if you don't, your blinking t- turn signal don't work. And, um, you know, so I'm working on my car. And so I, I buy a new bulb because that's, if it's not working, you know, a new bulb. I put a new bulb in and it doesn't work. And, and you know, I'm, and I said, oh man, it's the wiring. I'm checking the wiring, you know, make it, what would happen to the mouse get in there. And so I'm looking. And so in about an hour goes on and, you know, I got church tonight I, and it's getting dark and I, I can't, you know, I don't want to, you know, making a turn and, and the car behind me doesn't see it. I don't want to get a ticket and so forth, but I, I got to get ready. And so I'm going, I, I, I gave it up as a bad job. And so I go into the house, and it's probably when I went to the bathroom. <laughs> now, for those of that, that uh, know my staff, that are on my staff, they know that, you know, we, we'll, we'll be discussing something. I don't know what to do. When I go in the bathroom, that's when God will talk to me. And so Brother Hagen said, we'll see you shaving. I just need to walk in the bathrooms. And so I, I just go in the house. Then all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost says, it's not the bulb, it's the fuse. I said, no, it isn't. It can't be the fuse. <laughs> and so I went to go prove them wrong because, you know, and so I, I went, I, and back then, I knew where the fuse boxes are in cars. Today, I don't know where a fuse box is. And I went in there, I got my flashlight, and I looked, it's a fuse. And so I took a fuse, put it in, my turn signal worked. What was that? That was the word of knowledge. Again, it wasn't a big spiritual thing, but it certainly helped me. He revealed something to me that I didn't naturally know. And, uh, and of course, it can be used on spiritual things. You know, people, people going through trouble. I think one of the great aspects of this is in the area of prayer is the word of knowledge that you become aware of, of people's needs and, and people needing prayer and needing help. And so I, I got a whole lot more I need to share about this, but my time is slipped away. I don't want to get, get going on something else because once it gets started, it's hard to stop, you know, with illustrations and, and take you th- uh, to other places in the Bible. But we, we need to hunger for these things. We need to desire these things. My goodness, we, we, we're living too much in the natural. We need to have the supernatural. And Jesus said, in the last days, all the gifts of the Spirit will be in operation and manifestation. And so I hunger for that. So let's, let's stop right there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you for these gifts. We thank you for these operations. We know they're not as we will, but as you will. But Father, we have a part to play. We hunger. We desire. We hunger and we desire for these things to be in operation. And Lord, we believe the prophets. You said, believe your prophets, and so shall you prosper. Well, we believe that Jesus told Brother Hagin that all the gifts of the Spirit will be in operation and manifestation in these last days. And Father, that the church will have more power than the early church. Father, we believe Haggai, where it says the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. And so, Father, we, we express our desire 
We express our hunger for these things. And Father, we endeavor to to be a house, a corporate house, an individual house, like in Acts chapter 13, that as a minister to the Lord, the Holy Ghost said, there are, there are places, there are atmospheres that the Holy Ghost is more apt to say something and do something. And so, Father God, we create that desire. Deep calls on the deep. We hunger. We desire these things. Father, we, we cannot do without them. Father, in Jesus' name. And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you for operations. We thank you for manifestations. We thank you for demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. Not as we will, but as you will. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, my Master. Yes, ha, ye lo pato riku draska. Dure apato totoroko. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I see that, Lord. Yeah, yes. Oh, my. Yes. Dure okundeku no makuletoriku. Shutori apate apatan totori. Yeah. Oh, how do we express that, Lord? How do we express that? Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my. I see it. I see it in part, Lord. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, yeah we've used that illustration before, but I'm, I'm grateful that you attest that that is a good and a true uh, representation of what is happening. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, my Master. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my master. Yes. Let's go ahead and just pray a little bit. Dre asundari ekunamba kulepia takun choku dreskis indica dre panto torekus yakinto kulato kupule eto torescus kudre mapadato torescu dre papamando torisu mepepepeto torisu dre papamando torisu nestain destain sukundo kulapa hato toriku Dre a ta to to la pe la pe a ha. Dre sto tori kunama. Yeah. 
Répa panda turéskus kutúrésa, néztén tutorikú turéskis gényszokun, zongudukulepépáto, openings, 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 openings. Yes, yes, yeah, opening to that realm. Ah, letos dotikú turéskis kisiskukusokundi. Né, a síndetikito toreso, a síndareko dreske, a síndareko lata, a data toresco, scumensa, pesesto, dotoreko, nando, cupesso, pesesso, macunando, mapacunte, mapacunte, grepepeto, openings, 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 ah, né, tre, o, lo, o, 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 yeah, change is coming. Change is coming. Change, change, change is coming. Dre a lotoriku dreskishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishish
Mistotori. Yeah, 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 yeah. The best, the best for the end. The best for the end. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah, things that have been reserved. Things that have been held and in check. Ah, will soon, soon be released. Soon be released. Ah, and people will say, oh my, oh my. I never heard of such a thing. I never seen such things. Oh, reserved, 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 reserved. That's why there's been so much resistance. That's why there's been so much resistance. Ah, yeah. Yeah, but it will come to pass. It is coming to pass. Ah, dre atondo kule, meta todi kushkadori, nestin doto duku lupaha sotori kisha, gulapata, dre fanda, epindi, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. Ah, ah, ha, dre papa todo tori kushama. Maku no maku no maku luboku megida nestin diso tota kushka papo kulu papa bonda diso dre mesin totariku dre papa patato dre papa patato dre papa patato dre papa patato oto dita ato todi kudras kinsu torki sha ha 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 yeah yeah change has come change has come. Change is coming, but change has come. Ah, dre, ah, ha. Yeah, and you may say, where, where, where? Ah, but behind the veil, that in which is unseen with the natural eye, changes, 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 changes. Ah, yes, 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 but kudri, baba kundeketo, drafafando toti, nesh, dra. Na, dre, dre, ha, oh, yid, ha, ha, ha. Nye papo dre kulu paku no madraskatari. Nesting do tatutori. Drakuna, dre pipi, drafapan, dre papin. Mapata totokula, dre papando tolkupa, drest and dreka. Aha, shukunenda, dre. Ha, ha, oh my, it will, it will be, it will be. Change, change, turn and change, a turn, a turn, a turn and a change, a turn, a turn, a turn and a change. Yeah, yeah, amazing, amazing changes are taking place. Oh, I see that, I see that, Lord. Oh my, oh my, bada batota, yes, yes, oh. Oh, yes, change, change. Mm. 